Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. Was I productive this month? Did I enjoy my business? Am I getting the right life-work balance? Was the business actually profitable? And if any of these things start to get out of alignment and they're not kind of five out of five for you, that's an area that you need to focus on. Pay attention to the needs of the business and actually ask. We need to pay attention to those little cues because those cues to how we're feeling are a huge spotlight on what's going wrong. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for experts who want to be the unapologetic leader in their industry. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life, inside and out. It's time to take your influence, income, and impact to the level you know you're capable of. Are you ready to make a bigger difference and scale up? This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, and very happy and excited to be joined by my co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you today, Tim? I'm really good. It's good to be back again. I feel like I've been missing in action for a little while. You've been really busy. With all the travel and stuff. Yeah. It's been a little bit crazy, actually. Yeah. But good crazy. Good crazy. It happens. It's life. But I'm very glad to be back in the driver's seat with you today. We're going to do a reflection of our year, our 2022 in reflection, and just talk about a couple of the wins that we've had, a lot of insights, because I think that it's always worthwhile reflecting and, and getting the learning so that you can use them moving forward and chat a bit about our themes and did we did we hit the goals that we set essentially at the start of the year? So you good to dive in with this topic? Yeah, look, let's let's be let's be let's be raw and honest and transparent. <laughs> we never anything else, but yeah, I think that it's super helpful to be super honest so that I think that it helps people to understand what really, really happens out there, that it's not all, you know, roses and that everything doesn't always go perfectly in business. <gasps> Gasp. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I do love this. I do love this quote from Mad Men, yeah, the award-winning TV series, which you haven't seen. You should definitely go and watch because it's it's really awesome. He is a one of the very early episodes. They're talking about the client that they've just lost. And the response is, don't worry about it, young fellow. It's okay. Right? Because the day you win a client is the day you start losing them. Mm. And I think when when we set intentions you set your intention for the year to be wealth and I set my intention for the year to be maturity. It's almost the day we start, we set that intention is the day we start falling off what that intention is supposed to be. It's very hard to stay the course and continue to come back and go, well, did we achieve this goal? And if we didn't achieve the goal, 
or got close to it because a lot of things like wealth or maturity are very sort of amorphous concepts. Mm-hmm. What is it that we've learned and taken insights from along the intention to go towards this theme? Totally, totally. Well, before we dive into reflecting on our themes for the year, let's talk about a couple of the wins that we've had and sort of the insights and the learnings that have come from that. So one of your big wins was around your products and your offers. So why don't you share a little bit about that? Well, this was this is one that I think is, you know, I certainly said at the start of the year I was going to do more support work for clients. Historically, I've done a lot of product-based stuff. You know, here's a system, see you later. You know, we might teach people how to use the system and stuff like that. And I was finding there was a lot of a lot of churn with clients. You know, mm-hmm. I'd go for two or three months and it was definitely my intention this year to try to win longer-term contracts with clients because I found myself just caught in this vicious sales cycle. Mm. Get a new client, deliver, next. Get a new client, deliver, next. Right, And that can be very difficult from a profitability and wealth growth perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the start of the year, I certainly intend my intention to do more support work for clients mm-hmm. you know, who may have had a, you know, a, a CRM system in place already and did a lot more of that. And our average customer value skyrocketed, probably 10x uh, my average customer value this year. But what I've discovered in the process that it's also more complex and more income doesn't necessarily mean more profit. I think this is one of the best learnings that we can have as a business owner is to look far beyond that number. So can you dive into this a little bit deeper? And, you know, what were you tracking? I mean, I know that sounds super simple. What were you actually tracking to start to unpack this? Like, obviously, you were you were looking at the numbers, but, you know, I guess I'd, I'd love to hear more about the insights so that other people can, you know, take a look at their numbers as well. Yeah, well, I think that's probably another insight, right? You have to look at your numbers. Mm. And if you're not looking at your numbers, you're not doing a very good as the job as the CEO of your business. You need to look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. You need to look at what is it that it's costing you to deliver. And as I think I found when we were quoting the work you know, I'd say, oh, I think this is 50 hours or that's 100 hours or, or whatever it might be, or that's 20 hours. And putting sort of almost fixed price quotes on things that it became very difficult to understand. I, there was a bunch of work that I didn't anticipate that we should have probably quoted into the work, but didn't, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we might have said it's one hour to do that thing, but that's one hour of of effort time by one person, not the three people that might have had to collaborate and mm-hmm. you know, understand where that work was was on. And the fact that, you know, every single team meeting, we'd talk about, well, what work are you doing at the moment? And we would talk about that client and that client's work. And that might have only been five or 10 or 15 minutes, but it's five or 10 or 15 minutes for four people yeah, to collaborate on that particular thing. And that's time that we weren't billing to the client, but effectively working on their account. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was probably a big insight for me this year that when we estimated the amount of work, we probably didn't estimate that maybe there are several people working on that and we need to account for that, right? Yeah. Even showing up to a client meeting, if you're saying, well, it's a 30-minute client meeting, but you've got you and your ops manager and 
maybe one of your technical team on that call, well, it's actually an hour and a half yes. of work. Yeah. Of durational effort time to deliver that 30-minute meeting with the client and probably didn't necessarily account for that. So, And some of that, you know, the client's not necessarily going to recognize the value of that. They're not going to suddenly say, well, there's three people on this call. I'm getting three times the value. Mm-hmm. This is something that we need to think about when we're sort of productizing or packaging what it is we do for clients and how they get value, you know, where they see value and where we make money. Mm. We don't just want to scale to $50 million company if the profitability is still only a million dollars as we get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. I prefer to run a $2 million company with a million dollars of profit than a $50 million company with two with a million dollars of profit. hundred percent. That was so valuable. And even the way that you broke down that, you know, start to think about even like the project management time or meetings or any of this, because it's amazing how quickly that time can escalate, as you just talked about. And it's definitely worthwhile to track. But, you know, even as you were saying, you know, it even made me think, wow, you know, there are some things that we will be on a team meeting for a lot longer than other times. Sometimes we'll have a 10 minute meeting. And then other times I know that we've had projects with clients that have needed over an hour where we've even just talked about that client. So super valuable insight there. Yeah. And we've got to, we've got to account for that in our business, right? When we look at, if you're going down to, this is the hourly rate, well, what does that actually mean? And we we always have, even if we give a client a fixed priced thing or a value-based pricing, we need to be aware of how much time that our business consumes to deliver that outcome to a customer. Mm-hmm. And because we don't price that, and I would suggest that if you've, if you've kind of got any rubberiness in your pricing, rubberiness. double it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? Double it because that's probably what's going to, it's going to cost you, right? The, our costs as a business to deliver a solution to a client often come in hourly rate, mm-hmm. right? Because we employ our staff on an hourly rate or we've got a fixed price for, uh, you know, for something that we're going to sort of bundle in. But we need to understand what are all those. We definitely need to understand what is the cost of delivery of a solution to a client. Probably double that and then put your margin on top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't take long to, I won't say get out of hand, but, you know, things can escalate rather quickly. Yeah, absolutely. We don't just want to run a bigger business. We want to run a more profitable business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. What is it for you? What was your sort of big insight from the year? Yeah, so it's also around our suite of products and getting really clear and minimizing, you know, right from 2020, we have simplified a lot. And we've simplified even more. We've reduced the number of our offers again. And we've really spent a lot of time, especially in the last, uh, like in the, the second half of the year, really getting clear on the systems around the delivery of those offers so that I'm able to delegate more. I was really getting caught in the weeds a lot. And my human design is the absolute opposite of that. I am not designed to be in the weeds. I'm designed to be the big vision person. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, but because I was spending time doing things that aren't in alignment with me, I really started to lose energy and feel like I was just in Groundhog Day. So really, really important, I guess. You know, I do know a lot about human design, but 
It was like it was a bit of a slap across the face, like, Sam, yeah, let's take that learning to a whole new level and pay, you know, even more attention, like get even clearer on how you're designed to work and really make sure you're doing that. You're absolutely right, Sam. You're working in that genius zone, being almost ruthless with yourself, right? <laughs> Long, hard look in the mirror and saying, what am I really good at and what should I not be doing? In my business and have someone filled that and i think that's you know that's one of another one of my takeaways from this year as well i probably got to the point this year where i was overstaffed mm-hmm. right because i thought this is the thing that i really love doing and i just chucked this other stuff off to other people and I thought oh let's just bring someone else on mm-hmm. right they'll take care of that but you know in the same way as as we want to focus on the thing that we're very very good at and that energizes us and gives us our purpose we also can't lose sight of the fact that we can't just <laughs> dump it off elsewhere, can we? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, it, we come back to this, I think, right? and even when we hire, and I know you've had astonishing growth in your business this year, right? You know, we've gone from practically you and, you know, a couple of offsiders two years ago to, I mean, what's your team now? 15, 20? 15. Yeah, fifteen. Fifteen people. You know, that's a that's a that's a massive growth. And whilst that gives a great deal of redundancy, you know, you've got capacity now. If someone's off sick, yeah, you've got capacity. Uh-huh. You're still a few zeros, you know, off having to have to pay people to sit on the toilet all the time. But the good people that you bring in, all right, and and I think we acknowledge that when we start, we go, yep, you're going to be really good for my business, and you can fill a gap in my skill set that you know I don't have. Good people don't stay good people if you don't give them a framework for success. Mm. And, you know, a big insight for me this year is that I probably took my eye off the prize a little bit mm-hmm. with some people. I get, you know, you're a good person. You're going to take care of this stuff for me and I'm going to be over here doing my little thing that I'm really good at. But, again, I sort of, you know, probably you know, didn't keep my eye on the fact that I can't just let them go and do their thing because that isn't necessarily aligned with my vision. And even if it is aligned with my vision, it's my responsibility as the business owner to make sure that they're still in line with the vision and doing the thing that they want to do. Yeah. And that's probably where I found myself overstaffed. I probably brought some people in that I didn't need to bring in. Mm-hmm. I listened to a fantastic podcast from Mike McCallowitz, who's the author of Profit First and Pumpkin Plan and a bunch of really other awesome, awesome books. And literally I was getting this, I just had this bombardment of sort of, stuff all coming at the same time thinking what are they doing what am i actually paying for yeah uh-huh. you know jumped on a jumped onto this podcast i was literally driving to the chemist and the podcast came on and it's like ah, oh, you need roughly one person for every 150 to two hundred thousand dollars in in revenue you're creating i'm like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oops the numbers aren't quite working the numbers don't are not quite working but i you know the, the key thing here is that i didn't give those people necessarily, even though I gave them a framework for success in terms of what is it that I expect you to deliver to the business, I didn't necessarily keep them accountable mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Right, And because over the last couple of years with COVID, we've had so many people kind of working from home and, you know, we've sort of can't really see what they're doing. That's become even more and more important. And I know that's something that you've had to, you know, deal with in your business as well. We have this year, definitely. So we've brought different frameworks in to, I guess, yeah, to make people accountable as well. I think Leon's got a saying that's 
people do what's inspected, not expected. And I think that it's... Oh, I like that. Yeah, like... What do you mean, before we go on, yeah. what do you mean by inspected as opposed to expected? Like, are we checking that it's actually being done or are we just assuming that they're getting it done? Because what will happen is if things aren't being checked, as you was just talking about, they may fly under the radar. It's like, oh, no one's noticed that I haven't done that for a little while. I don't need to do it anymore. And sort of over time, things start to slip. So there does need to be some sort of framework. Well, how do we make sure that that doesn't happen? Yeah, it does start to let a cut that this is a little insidious in influence of culture in that as well. I know. I was about to say that. Yeah. We had a conversation off air a little while ago about, well, if, you know, if the team start to see someone not, I guess, doing what's expected, mm -hmm. they go, well, they can get away with it. So I'm not. Yeah. Why should I do it? Why should I do it as well? And, and that can sort of start to almost, you know, unconsciously sets the expectation of behavior around what people actually do, doesn't it? Totally, totally. So it is all about culture. And I know that there's a lot of, you know, I've seen a lot of people say, well, your culture should be that, you know, you you trust your team. And I think that there is a gray area here because I do 100% totally trust my team. But I also know that we're all human. And sometimes we all take the easiest route. So we have brought in a lot of systems one of the other things I did want to bring up here that plays into what we're talking about is about being the CEO, because when you're the CEO of your company, you can't just expect that things are happening. You do actually need to follow them. You know, like you were just talking now, you do need to follow up and make sure things were happening. And about maybe eight, 12 weeks ago, I sat down with Leon and we had a conversation and I went, if you were the CEO of the company right now, what would you say about yourself? And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't having a, a go at him or anything because I asked the same question back to me. If I was hiring myself as the CEO of my company, would I be happy with my progress? And it actually brought out some really cool things. And we use that, we've continued to use that filter a lot more. Would we, you know, what would we say to ourselves at a, you know, at a, a review at a wage review that's a fantastic that's a and it's actually brought up some, some really cool things to light that's a fantastic question i think that if, if we go through this review process and you've got team members on i would absolutely ask them that just before you sort of you mentioned that i was reflecting that one of the things that we let creep in this year that i let creep in i'll take responsibility for this was when people were taking leave from the business mm -hmm. and it got to the point where people were telling me that they were taking leave not uh, saying can i take leave during this period yeah right and i because i let it fly yeah right it might have been a day to start with and say i'm going to take next tuesday off is that okay yeah sure and then it got to i am going to decide when i take leave not you know can i take leave on this particular time you know pay attention to the needs of the business and actually ask. Yeah. Right. And so that was just, you know, an example of, I guess, for me, that letting people almost dictate how the business was being run. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've got, I'm suddenly found myself like, I don't really want to be here. <laughs> just, yeah. This is not where I want my business to be at right now. Yeah. We need to pay attention to those little cues because those cues to how we're feeling are a huge spotlight on what's going wrong. Yeah. I was on a call this morning, actually, where we were talking about networking groups and, and 
in a group that's it's, it's a small group at the moment. I mean, like we've got a few people are falling off and we're talking about this idea of what the, the people keep turning up to things that they find valuable, right? You guys wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't continue to find value. We really appreciate that you you keep coming back time and time and time again. That we were talking about this idea of of networking and there's you know social groups, you know referral groups and mastermind groups. And we're talking about one of these things about as a in a mastermind group, you tend to get to work on your business mm-hmm. a lot more than the other types. Yeah. Right. And even there, we were talking, you know, got into detail for a, a mastermind group that I'm developing about. One of the questions we ask is how, not just how you feel health-wise, you as the CEO, right? Are you looking after yourself? Is your business profitable? Are you productive? But, you know, on a scale of one to five this month, did you enjoy your business? Mm, It's such a huge thing. Okay. Such a huge thing. Well, we don't ask this question now, I think, of ourselves enough. And I would encourage you as you're listening to this, if you're going to take anything forward into 2023, Put an hour aside or a day aside, I don't really care how long it is, you know, every single month where you check in on those four things. You know, was I productive this month? Did I enjoy my business? Am I getting the right life work balance? Right? Spending time, we're going to talk about that shortly. Was it, <laughs> was the business actually profitable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And if any of these things start to get out of alignment and they're not kind of five out of five for you, that's an area that you need to focus on. Absolutely. I know that as we have, and when I say we, Leon and I, over December, been doing a lot of reviewing, regrouping, reflecting, you know, and recommitting, I guess, to 2023. What I noticed was a theme coming up over and over again was that we need to have more fun in our business next year, that we had got really caught in a lot of work and and it's because our business is in a growth phase and I'm grateful for it but also noticing that we do need to have more fun so that we can continue to keep the level of work up that we need to to put into the business yeah that's an important I think it's a super important thing you know we've talked about that a lot Sam we we get into this this thing that we've created is not there for us to serve it mm-hmm. it needs to serve us yeah. And if it's not serving us, the only person who has the control to change it is you. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's so important to reflect. So before we jump into what we want to do different next year, what was your your theme for 2022? And how do you feel like you achieved it? Or where do you feel that it slipped? Or did it not? Yeah, no, it definitely slips. I think we sort of moved towards it. You know, our theme was maturity. It's one of the things we we brought up every single team meeting. We said these are our this is our theme for the year. And I had I had three. One was a sort of revenue target, one was a you know, a maturity target, I guess. And the other one, I can't in fact I can't even remember the other one now. <laughs> one was who we we're gonna work with. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and I think we definitely ticked the who we we're gonna work with and the sort of average customer size, we definitely ticked the profitability or the, the the revenue goal, not necessarily the profit goal, but definitely the revenue goal. But the maturity goal was one of like, what is maturity? Okay, it's a, it's an unattainable target, <laughs> really. And I think that's an important theme, uh, idea for a theme as opposed to a, you know, this is the exact goal. We're going to tell whether we're successful or not. 
I think largely we did achieve that, right? We brought some maturity into our products. We did an absolute ton of work on our operating procedures mm-hmm. in our business. That was good. We did a lot of streamline around some of the ways we manage our work as well. And, we, and you could probably go back to a couple of episodes where we talked about the systems and tools that, that we use in our respective businesses. I think overall, that was probably a lot of maturity. Mm-hmm. I brought on some new people into the business, I think, that have worked and some that haven't worked, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? We've learned a lot, you know, but maturity for me is about the learning from the things we're doing, not just doing the things blindly. Yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. And, and I think in that case, yes, we ticked those goals as well as giving us a good foundation to to move into next year. Yeah. I don't ever want to be in a position, for me, where I'm not learning a lesson from the stuff that we we try. Yeah. We know absolutely with certainty that some of the things we do will not work. Yeah. But I don't want to lose the lesson in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Love that so much. Love that. Yeah. Our theme this year was wealth. And for me, that meant really taking our profits and moving them more into wealth creation. It was definitely a theme that we made a lot of decisions through the lens of, which is that's why you have a theme, right? To actually, you know, use that as the filter or the lens to the decisions you make. It didn't play out the way that I expected it to play out in that we definitely did invest but it was more investing back into the business than I would have thought at the beginning of the year. So I'm not, or we're not in the position that I thought we would be at this point, but we've invested a lot back into the business. So as a whole, we've achieved our theme, but does it look like I thought it would? No. I guess that's the thing about themes, right? <laughs> we, we do this land. <laughs> and I think, again, this is probably a good takeaway for everybody, you know, just because you have a theme, how do you know whether you actually achieve it or not? Yeah. And, you know, have this, you know, as you look to 2023, if you haven't already done so, look at what does success look like? Mm-hmm. You know, what does success look like for 2023 for you? How can you look back even through whatever lens and say, yes, we achieved that goal. Mm. Right? And the more that we do that, the more, you know, on a sort of 10-year, five-year, three-year, one-year, two-year, et cetera, one month, one week, mm-hmm. one day, the more I think we, we set that intentionality, the more likely we are to get to where we want to go because we're literally designing our entire roadmap. Totally. Around that. Totally. So with all of your wins and your learnings and your reflecting, what is the, I guess, the one thing that you want to take into 2023 with? It's ironic how more often we talk, Sam, how aligned we are. <laughs> oh, great. It's actually, as we were really mapping out this episode, it even surprised me how aligned we are. (laughs) We're at the same. And look, largely that also reflects the the amount of years we've been in business and and where we are in our our personal growths in our lives as well, right? Mm -hmm. For me, I think is this coming back to this idea that my business needs to serve me, not me serve it. Mm -hmm. And I definitely got caught this year, I certainly, I know I started the year doing a four-day week mm-hmm. and I definitely let more creep in. It was like, oh, I've got a day, I'll just slot that meeting in there. And again, I'll just slot that extra meeting in there. And 
then all of a sudden I'm finding myself. It doesn't take long, does it? Right. And I know, Sam, if you recall, I mentioned I wouldn't start work before sort of 8.30, 8 a.m. in the morning. And then there was a 7 a.m. meeting and it was just one. And then there was another one. It's okay. And then then there was a 6 a.m. meeting. I'll oh, yeah. Take that one. And then there was a 5.30. And uh-huh. I'll take that. It's not very often I'll just do that one. But, you know, it's these, these little things that don't seem like a lot to start with mm-hmm. suddenly creep in and become the norm. Yeah. And we need to we need to really nip them in the bud very, very early on. Well, if you don't control your calendar, your calendar will control you. You've seen my calendar sometimes. It's crazy. I have. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my intentionality for next year is to really make sure that that my business is serving me, not me serving it. Mm. And if that means that... I only work a four-day week, right? That will be a measure of success. If by the end of 2023, I'm working a four-day week, I will decide that that will be my business is serving me and not me serving it. Mm. You have definitely worked very hard this year. I think, well, actually, I don't think I know. Earlier in the year, your wife and I had a little bit of an intervention and said, Tim, you are working way too hard and you need to take some time out. You are someone that is very proud and like you, if you're going to do something, you do it well. And that has got such a good part of it because you're so good in business and in serving your clients, but it can have a very negative effect when it gets a little bit out of control. Yeah. Again, we, we, I know you talked about this a lot, you know, the business is there to serve our lifestyle. And the things we want to do from it, not to be the lifestyle mm, itself. Yeah. And if we lose sight of that, we then kind of the people who are around us are like, I'd like some of you too. Yeah, that's right. There are <laughs> they like, when are you gonna hello? <laughs> <laughs> they love you and they want to see you. <laughs> it's like not just a cardboard cutout. Yeah. I'm gonna get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine is very similar. In that next year, I definitely need to take more CEO time. And how I explain that, I got this idea originally from Vanessa Shaw, who we've had on the podcast. And CEO time is time where we're not in delivery mode. It's taking that time out so that we can be creative. It's taking the time out to go and maybe get a massage or taking time to, you know, even jump on the phone like you and I do to talk through different challenges. It's that time that we need to have to make sure that we're driving our business in the right direction. And like I mentioned earlier, I did get, you know, it it wasn't for long, but I kept sort of getting caught in the weeds this year. And it's something that I just do not want to do next year because you know, we are the CEOs of our business and we do need to drive it. We're the ones with the vision and we need to be really very, very clear and stay on task to that. Yeah, it's very hard to have vision when you're in weeds. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I get hay fever. I don't like being in the weeds. Some awesome insights there, Sam, and I think that's really important, right? You know, if you're going to be the CEO of your business, be the CEO. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I've really enjoyed this year. I'm also very much looking forward to going into a new year, even though it's just a date on a calendar and it is no different. I always get positive or I always feel positive at the beginning of a year. Like we've got, you know, this fresh page that we can create something new and, you know, 
we could do that at any time, but I love the feeling of a new year coming in. So I'm certainly happy and excited and looking forward to next year and to being back with you more next year. I know it's going to be good. More podcasts. Absolutely. I'm launching my podcast, of course, which is going to be super exciting. That's going to come out very shortly. We've got uh, a bunch of episodes all racked up. Um, Look forward, looking forward to sharing with that with some of our listeners as well. If they want to get onto the systemization side of things, Sam, I've really loved working with you this year as I do every year. And, you know, I'm just happy that you allow me to be in your world and share so much. And I I think this is a, a good time of year. Just take a, you know, Take the headphones out if you're listening to this right now. Obviously, subscribe and do a lot of fun stuff first. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, go with your loved ones. Don't just be the sort of face that comes up when they when you call them. Actually go and spend some time with them and reflect on what you, why you're actually doing what you do. Totally. And uh, pat yourself on the back for all the successes that you've had this year. Absolutely. Celebrate the wins, take the learnings, and definitely take some time out. Tim, I'm really grateful to have you in my life. Thanks for having a great year with me this year. And to you that is listening right now, thank you. We're very, very grateful for you listening because if you weren't listening, then we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. So enjoy the rest of your holiday season and we will all see you next year in 2023. Ciao. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.